war. War never changes. What's up, Wastelanders? Boys and girls, prepare to be astounded, bedazzled, and otherwise stupefied. <laughs> you talk a lot. Sound funny when you talk like a stupid human. <laughs> I am online once again. Tremble, world, before my electric heating coil of doom. What's up, Wastelanders? Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Tapes from the Wastes, an immersive Fallout fan podcast covering lore, trivia, game discussion and more. I'm one of your hosts, Kelsey, also known as KDB, and today I am joined live by my co-host Eric, aka Sulil. Eric, how are you doing? Yeah, good. It's nice to actually do this live once again. So it'll be the second time we've had one like this. Yeah, and we'll hopefully do more as well. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, regular listeners of the show <clears throat> will be aware that usually Eric and myself, we, so we don't appear live together, and instead our segments are recorded independently and then uh, put together afterwards. Uh, this is for a couple of reasons, one being our own schedules and the time difference between us, uh, but also our podcast is more, it's usually more like an audio book instead of the classic uh, discussion format. Um, but so that doesn't mean we, we don't like to get together like this as we are today for an actual discussion, a bit of a chat and kind of break away from our usual style. Um, and so today, rather than cover specific law, we're actually going to take a more broad and uh, personal look back at uh, many people's, I think many people's gateway into the Fallout franchise. And that is 2008's Fallout 3. And uh, so this is going to be a retrospective uh, discussion episode. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, uh, before we can focus on Fallout 3, I thought it'd be cool, Eric. Uh, how are you doing? What have you been up to? And uh, most importantly, have you been playing any Fallout recently? I know Fallout <laughs> 76 obviously had the new season update. So, yeah, yeah how's, how's um, things? Yeah, definitely uh, Fallout 76, uh, as well as Fallout 4 for different reasons. Uh, well, there's a lot going on. I'm in the middle of a move. We're hoping to move here within a few weeks, uh, about eight hours away. Um, so <laughs> that'll uh, make the time difference just a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, I've been definitely playing Fallout 76. I, let's see, I think I hit 53 on the scoreboard yesterday. Uh, that character is level 156 now. Actually, maybe 157. I think I leveled up last night. Um, so, yeah, you'll see that I very recently just hit level 100, finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, at last, I've finally done it. Because I always see everybody else in their sort of 300s, 400s. And you see, like, even level 600s. And it's just like, yeah. wow. And, you know, I, the only reason it's taken me so long... I mean, there was a period of time where I wasn't really playing Fallout 76 at all. Um, it isn't re it's maybe like the past year is where I've really been more focused on it and done the bulk of my playing. But yeah, finally got to level 100. Um, new scoreboard, I think yesterday... I'm definitely not in the 50s. I'm like 26, I think. But I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil Village, which came yep. out. Uh, You've been streaming that like every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, yeah, that game has taken most of my time during May. So, which is obviously when the same time the new 76 season update launched. So I've been jumping in, making sure I'm doing my dailies and um, just 
kind of rekindling my relationship with Fallout 76 as I took a little break from it um, for the past couple of months. But um, yeah, it's going good. Um, the grind aside, is real with that. <laughs> it completely is. But I've I've learned to um, I've learned to accept that I don't have to play it for two hours in one go. Like I can just jump on for like thirty minutes or something like that, and just you know do some of the dailies and then. Yeah, tick some things off and then I can stop and I can go get on with my day or do, you know, switch to something else. So because I think I've just been conditioned to think that when, OK, I'm going to play Fallout. This is like I have to play this for hours at a time because and I just don't have that free time anymore. So, you know, it, none of us really do with, uh, you know, yeah, adult life. At all. Well, especially here. I don't know what time the the dailies refresh for you, but it's noon for me. So it's like right in the middle of the day. It's like, OK you know it kind of throws everything off like if it refreshed in the morning then you know i could just get it out of the way and move on but um i mean to be completely honest there's not a lot with this scoreboard that really grabs me i mean the the new variant for the collectrons cool nuka cola collectron um everybody wants that golden toilet (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry gold plated it's not actually made completely out of gold um but yeah, I mean, last scoreboard, there were new companions that you could have at your camp, things like that. That was really cool. But there wasn't really a lot with this one that just jumps out at me. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had a few people saying that. And I'm not sure what that is. Maybe they just, they're just putting time into other things. Like, I know we're going to have a new new part of the Broken, uh, not Broken Steel, uh, the Brotherhood of Steel uh, quest line. Fallout 3 on the, on the brain there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is on the way, and maybe they've just had to focus on that. Um, because, yeah, you're right, you can sometimes feel like you're putting in a, a lot of effort and time for not much. But, you know, we play the games for different reasons. Everybody does, and, you know, I. it's a mix of... When I'm playing Fallout 76, it's not always... To, to specifically unlock everything, it's just to play the game and unwind and, you know, some yeah. games to me can be therapeutic and Fallout 76 is one of them and just ticking off those dailies is quite nice. You have your little routines and, you know, places that you always go to and, yeah, that's what I like doing. So if I can unlock um, cool stuff along the way, great. But it's weirdly not my it's not my main reason for playing the game. So I'm not too, you know, kind of upset about it. Oh, hey, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I did build my second camp, which has been a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, I got this little house down in the mire now. Uh, my main camp was in the Savage Divide, is in the Savage Divide, I should say, right by Site Alpha. Got a nice little lake there. But, uh, yeah, this one, it's right outside of Harper's Ferry, cool. so, which has been pretty nice. Although there's a, a road right next to it where with a giant hermit crab, but he usually doesn't <laughs> uh, make his way down into my camp. Although my turrets will sometimes shoot at him. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's been nice using a lot of the stuff that I didn't use on my other camp. Yeah, it's really easy to switch between the two. It doesn't take all. But I noticed that you know I I logged in one morning and I couldn't. It said I couldn't place my camp, and usually when it would do that, it would say, hey, do you want to replace your camp for free, or do you want to go to another world? It didn't give you that option anymore. (laughs) It expects you to build that other camp, so you have somewhere to go. Yeah, and I I said before, I get that a lot, because my camp is on White Springs Golf Course, on that little sort of clearing, and everybody, I think, picks that as a spot. And I never really realized that. You know, my camp's been there for a while now. 
And I just thought, hey, this is a perfect spot. And evidently, a thousand other people thought the same thing. So um, it's yeah. it's either that or new characters placing their camps right outside of Flatwoods, in between Flatwoods and the Wayward. Yeah. But I, um, yeah. The um. So the other thing that I w- that I've been doing recently in my gameplay is so you know now they give you uh, you get a free item every day from the atomic yep. shop. That's been which, nice. Which is really great. And, you know, there's you know, there's a lot of caps and things like that. And you get little things here and there. So I got one of the free items recently was a nuclear key, nuclear key card. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I've never had one. And it may surprise some people to know, but I've never launched a nuke. in. I Fallout still haven't either. Like, and I don't know why. Like, I, I kind of thought the game would organically sort of push you towards doing it at least one point. But it doesn't. Like... So I got the key card and I was like, ah, oh, okay, so this is involved in launching the nuke. Maybe I'll finally do one. There and is a quest that goes along with it eventually when you uh, go to the white sprint bunker. Yeah, so that's what I discovered. And I thought, okay, so I got the key card. I'll, I'll go launch the nuke. And it turns out there's like there's like six hours work you've got to do yes. together. <laughs> why I, I, I've tried and then I just ended up not having enough time. Yeah. And you need, it, it helps if you've got somebody with you also, cause there's a lot of enemies in there. Yeah. So, so I, I've made a fair bit of progress. So I, I finished, I, I finished that quest line. So you basically spoiler alert, you, you have to join the enclave and like, it's like once you've done that, you think, oh, great! Now I can now I can go launch the nuke. But no, but then you have to rank up within within their ranks within within the enclave, and you've got to do that by doing tasks out, you know, in Appalachia. So, and I've you know I barely made a dent in that part, and so this was like <laughs> last week or something. I got the key card, and I put in like three or four more hours gameplay, and I still haven't launched the nuke. And you know, hopefully, I get there soon. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a big moment when I finally get to and just uh, <laughs> maybe uh, find, I, find yeah. one of those players that charges lots of money for plans and, and drop the nuke on, <laughs> on their cab. Yeah, well, I noticed that a lot of people haven't been uh, dropping nukes on the mine to get Earl to come out lately. There still have been plenty of people who have been dropping nukes to get the Scorch Beast Queen to come out, but not so much Earl. Which I thought was kind of odd. Uh, maybe people are just overkilling Earl. Yeah, I um. So I've never, I've never done that that uh, that event either. The was it a colossal problem? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I've never done that. Um, which is, I've fun. done a Scorch Beast one yeah. like maybe five or six times, but yeah, not the old ones. Which is a shame, a shame because I really like the look of the the creature. I thought that'd be fun to do, but whatever. I have him as a rug in my first yeah. camp. <laughs> a trophy. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It is fun. Um, something different. Although that fear uh, effect that he does where he makes you run away screaming. Uh, try and, hopefully you won't run right into that drill. It's <laughs> down there. Yeah, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, I've seen people do the quest multiple times on stream and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, never actually played it myself. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, so for um, that about covers it for Fallout 76 updates. So now we're going to move to our main focus of today, which is, and this is the first time Eric and I have done this, where we're just going to take a look back at one of the games, 
talk about you know the production and then our thoughts on dif different aspects of it so we've got a structure that we'll try and follow but you know it's quite it's just kind of free-flowing and uh, anything that comes up or you know any any fond memories we have of the game uh, we'll, we'll have a little chat about here uh, so we're going to start uh, just before we jump into it I'll give so this is going to be like a little overview of the game uh, for those that don't know, although my thought is most people listening will know, but it's, I thought it'd be nice to do this. So I've gathered the information as usual from the Fallout wiki and just general places online. So yeah, here we go. So Fallout 3, post-apocalyptic action role-playing game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It is the third major installment in the Fallout, Fallout series, the fifth game overall and a sequel to Interplay Entertainment's Fallout and Fallout 2. It was released on October 28, uh, 2008 in North America, October 31st, 2008 in Europe, and December 4th, 2008 in Japan. It's available on PC, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. And in 2015, Fallout 3 became backwards compatible exclusively for Xbox One and the now current Xbox Series X and S. The game takes place in the year 2277, 200 years after the Great War on the east coast of what used to be the United States of America, mostly in Washington, D.C. The gameplay, uh, gameplay features real-time combat, Fallout's VAT system, and first or third-person perspective, in contrast to the previous games, which were actually turn-based isometric uh, games. Fallout 3 was initially under development by Black Isle Studios, a studio owned by Interplay Entertainment, under the working title Van Buren. Interplay Entertainment closed down Black Isle Studios before the game could be completed, and the license to develop Fallout 3 was sold for $1.175 million, guaranteed advance against royalties to Bethesda, a studio primarily known for uh, as the developer of the Elder Scrolls series. Bethesda's Fallout 3, however, was developed from scratch using none, none of the Van Buren code or any other materials created by Black Isle Studios. Bethesda announced their intention to make Fallout 3 similar to the Two previous games focusing on non-linear gameplay, a good story, and true Fallout humour. I apologise if you can hear motorcycles going going by outside. Uh, I live right next to a main road. Anyway, uh, you might catch my air conditioning here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Bethesda stated that the game uh, was targeted for a rating of uh, mature and would have some the same sort of adult themes and violence that are characteristic of the Fallout series. Fallout Three uses a version of the same game. Uh, Gamebryo engine as Oblivion and was developed by the same team. We're almost there. Fallout 3 received universal, universal acclaim and currently holds an average score of 91 on video game review site Metacritic. Praised for its open-ended gameplay and flexible character leveling system, there were however some criticisms that mentioned the bugs in regards to the physics and crashes, some of which broke quests and even prevented progression. Yes, That's those with bugs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> During the first week of release, Fallout 3 beat all previous Fallout chapters combined sales, making 57% stronger sales than the first week's performance of Bethesda's previous game, The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, in 2006. From its release in October to the end of 2008, Fallout 3 has shipped over 4.7 million units, grossing $300 million. In November 2015, Electronic Entertainment Design and Research, this is a market research firm, estimated that the game had sold 12.4 million copies. So there's potentially a few more sales in there after that, as that was 2015. The game won many awards, too many to go through here, and is often ranked among, among the top 100 video games of all time. Today, it's available on an Xbox Game Pass subscription service, with many new players still discovering the game. Just the Steam charts of this week uh, on PC only. 
uh, showed that there's almost 500 live players on PC. This, of course, doesn't include the console players, but it is interesting to see nonetheless. Okay. Overview. It is a bit difficult to get to run on PC, though. you got to do a little bit of programming. Yeah, so w there's a couple of things I'll get into in a little bit, um, but particularly so PC and P PlayStation 3 as well. I think the game, had the most bugs it had was on PlayStation 3, which is the same with Skyrim. Um, I think I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so overview. That's Fallout 3 for anybody that doesn't know. Eric, why don't you why, tell us about... How did you first become aware of Fallout 3? What was your introduction to it? Um, well, I think I mentioned this on the first episode. Uh, one difference I should mention, though, between uh, Fallout 3 and Oblivion is in Fallout 3, you can actually have a beard. You can't really have a beard in Oblivion, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but with Fallout, uh, I first discovered Fallout New Vegas and then quickly picked up. I, found, I went to... A, one place, I don't know if you have these out there, probably not. Uh, there, We have a chain called Half Price Books here in the States, and I found Fallout 3 for like five bucks for uh, PC, so I quickly swooped down on it. I'm like, yeah, I can't pass that up. So I did have some, like I mentioned, I did have some trouble getting it up and running. Um, I think by this point I had finished Fallout New Vegas, I, I just played the shit out of it. Just really, you know. And then, um, but yeah, I did, I went to pick up Fallout 3 because, of course, like you said, it's based out of D.C., <clears throat> which uh, I, I, at that point, had never been to. So I'm running around like, where are all the Legion guys? I'm like, it's a completely different story. Oh, okay. But, uh opening up the game and then hearing Liam Neeson right there at the start. I mean, that's a great way to open the game. Yeah. But you actually feel a little bit more connected to the character in Fallout 3 because you actually get to see a little bit of a backstory. You just don't wake up and get shot in the head and then yeah. like, oh, what? Who am I? <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was another instance where I just, I never put it down. Once I did, hop into it and give it a go. It yeah. was just getting it up and running was a little difficult. <laughs> but I mean, I now have it on Xbox also, so and I've been I still play it. So yeah, so so that you played it after New Vegas. So what was this would have been? So after two thousand and ten, it was probably two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, yeah. right around so, that time. So for me, so I had, I played Fallout 3 when it came out. Um, I played Oblivion. Uh, and I should say, like, prior to prior to that, I'd, I'd never really been an RPG game player. Um, friends of mine were, and I know I had a couple of friends in particular that were hugely, like, huge into the Elder Scrolls, like, from, from like, Morrowind and then Oblivion. And they're, they're the ones that, and they played Guild Wars as well. Uh, which I know is is an online, you know, like MMO, um, but um, they were into that kind of stuff, and they had convinced me to play Ob Oblivion, and which was so new to me because I, you know, was more. I wouldn't say that I, I disliked RPGs. It's just never really been the focus. Like I was a huge Resident Evil fan, uh, big Gears of War fan, um, and then obviously prior to that, we were going back like real retro days, but. Yeah, I think it, it always been 
uh, Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid, you know, the store, I think story games were more my bag. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that actually how much fun it could be to kind of create your own story in these <laughs> games. So yeah. when I first played Oblivion, I was just like, um, and I'm sort of not massively into that fantasy kind of genre like I like Lord of the Rings and mm. that was maybe like lots of people a gateway for me into into fantasy I was way more into sci-fi and horror than fantasy but Oblivion definitely converted me so I knew the style of uh, I guess what Beth <clears throat> you know Bethesda's gameplay uh, uh, game styles and when I heard that Fallout 3 was being made by them it's like okay so this is made by the people that made Oblivion uh, I gathered and I'm sure that I'd seen a TV ad for it. You know, you don't really see ads for games on TV anymore because you just see them on YouTube and, and yeah. pre-roll ads and stuff. But I I am almost positive I saw an ad for Fallout 3 on the TV here. Um, and I, so yeah, I got it. So I had finished university. I was working in the local village pub trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I was like, hey, I know how to be really productive. Let's buy a new RPG game and <laughs> just like sink hundreds of hours into that. So, um, yeah, I was still living at home with my dad at the time. Um, and, yeah, I remember getting it around release, putting it in. And as much as I loved Oblivion, um, because Fallout 3 is leans more into sci-fi kind of genre, right from the get-go i was completely hooked and i think like you say that opening sequence and hearing liam neeson's voice it's just yeah. you're hooked you like it might want to be this it's one big, of the yeah. only few games where you literally start as a baby <laughs> <laughs> you actually you, you experience being born yeah, yeah. and so that it does it does so well to hook you and yeah and that was my introduction to it like uh, when it launched and yeah I've been a fan ever since and like you I still play it to this day you know every couple of years or so I will revisit it there's still there are parts of it that I've still not played there's some DLC that I've not played and there's still a couple that I haven't played either I've played I, most of them but there's one one in particular that I know I've never played which I have now I don't have an excuse not to <laughs> and what's funny is so I have them all too um, because there was a sale on last year and I think each DLC was available for like £1.50 or something. So I just got them all. And I do plan on working my way through them. But I just love the fact that this game that came out like, how long ago? It's 2008. What's that? 14 <laughs> years ago? Something like that. Um, it still has content that I can experience today. Like, And not not for you know lack of me not putting time into it. Like I say, I've played Fallout 3, you know, there's always more to discover with Bethesda yeah, games. like That's what I love about them. Like, I discovered Oblivion toward the end of 2006, the first year it came out. And there are still things that I've never played in that. And I, that's why everybody kept asking me. Like, I mentioned this in the first episode. It's like, have you played Fallout? You love Elder Scrolls. Have you played Fallout? Have you played Fallout? I'm like, okay, okay, I'll play Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I picked up New Vegas. And that was that's actually how i even found out what steam was because at that point i never knew like i just at that point there were just windows games and there was you know macintosh games or whatever yeah so um but yeah i just i i 
you know, there's still things that I've never done, even in Oblivion. Like, I've never done all of the Daedra quests in Oblivion. I've done a lot of them, but I've never done all of them. But, I mean, you can just find some random corner of the map and find some unmarked quest in any of these. Yeah, it's but... the same same for me, and it's the same with Skyrim as well. And And I've said before, like, Skyrim is the game that I have... I've played more than any other game. Like, it's not even my favorite game of all time. Like, I really love Skyrim. It ranks high, but it's not my favorite game of all time. But just because of the pure scope of it, it's mm-hmm. it's impossible to not play it for so long. Like, if you if you get hooked and you like it, you're gonna play it for hundreds of hours over the course of a number of years. And you know, with the upgrades and stuff. Like, this is what I was gonna say. Like, Fallout Three, uh, it, it, I. I really, I think it's incredibly unlikely, but you know, an, an, a visual upgrade for that would be amazing. It would give me a reason to, not that I need a reason to play it from the beginning again, because I could start playing it again tomorrow and take a different path that I've not done previously. But if they said for the Series X, yeah, we're, this is going to be running at 4K, you know, 60 FPS or whatever, and we've enhanced some of the textures and things like that, like, you know, that's, I would pay, I would. I would pay for that. I would, I would buy the game again for that. And that's what I did with Skyrim. I bought the upgrade version. I bought the version for the Switch as well. <laughs> if Fallout 3 comes out on the Switch, I will buy it straight away. Like, I will have to have that. So, yeah, here we are kind of all these years later. And Yeah, I bought Skyrim again on Xbox. And then, like, a couple months later, I came past. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's cool to have, though. And, you know. Yeah, it is. Just in case you ever let it lapse. Yeah. And, uh. And who know? I would say those Bethesda games. I think because games do leave Game Pass, but now that Xbox owns Bethesda, they're probably going to be on there forever. So <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Starfield when that comes out. Oh yeah, that's going to be a Game Pass. Uh, we'll try not to make this uh, uh, an Xbox Game Pass and speculation <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll be on there day one. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Fallout Three, as I say, been playing it since. Since the since the beginning, and I had not played Fallout uh, one or two. Uh, I was aware of them. I definitely heard the name Fallout before for games, <clears throat> and I remember getting Fallout three, thinking, uh, like, by jumping in a, on a game series on the third entry, you kind of think maybe this is a really bad idea. Like, I'm going to have no idea what's going on, but that is not the case at all. Like, the game. The games themselves are all very standalone, um, and yeah. they definitely are. They have connective tissue, and there's 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 things that are embedded among all of them. But story wise, you know, it's you're starting a fresh character. It's a new it's a new adventure in a different location. So so I, I liked that. I liked that. Even though this was Fallout Three, I was putting it in, and it was like I was playing the very first four. It was my very first Fallout, and it felt like the first Fallout. Um, so yeah, it was uh, quite the experience. Um, I've been converted to RPGs by Oblivion, and then yeah, Fallout Three for me just kind of took it to the next level. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, um, so I'm going to kind of move on a little bit. But so that's how we both were introduced to it. But what about the general story and the plot of the game, which with with the case of these games is sometimes hard to track because it is so non-linear and it's, you know, very kind of, you know, uh, op- it, you choose what you're going to do and everybody's experience can be different, but there is an underlying story in particular with Fallout 3. Um, for those that don't know, I'll just give a little plot overview here. 
Um, so players take control of an inhabitant inhabitant of Vault 101, uh, one of several underground shelters created before the Great War to protect around a thousand humans from nuclear fallout. Uh, the inhabitant is forced to venture out into the capital wasteland to find their father after he disappears from the vault under mysterious circumstances. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much of the whole plot and story you remember, but from what yeah. you do recall, um, what's your thoughts? It kind of expands on the plot of uh, Fallout 1 in a way where, I mean, for this might get into spoiler territory, but the whole point we of... Can spoil. I think we can spoil fallout one is you're trying to find like the gek on your vault stops working so you have to go find another vault and get a new gek for your vault it kind of takes that concept and expands upon it where not only are you for for those of you who don't know a gek is basically a water purifying system so um <laughs> your father james has this idea to kind of make a, a giant Gek that will purify like this the water of this entire area of the map so there's pure water for not just people in a vault but for everybody so i thought that was really kind of interesting and that's basically what his entire life's work has been to uh, develop something that will be able to do this and then along the way, you encounter the Enclave, and they're like, no, we don't want any mutants around. We don't want to save these other things that we don't even think of as people. Um, that also gets, you know, that, that's a whole thing unto itself. But, um, yeah, basically, you start in a vault, and then your dad disappears, and you have no idea where he's gone. So you're like, I need to go find my dad. But I'm also going to do all this other stuff, too. So, you know, we'll just kind of push that to the back. Um, and then, you know, there's choices along the way. Do I blow up Megaton or do I save it? Uh, you know, uh, which, uh, uh I've done both. Um, <laughs> you have not gonna to, lie. to get a full experience. Um, thank God Moira Brown did survive though. Cause I would have hated killing her. <laughs> She's just so friendly and lovable. Uh, not to mention this Lucas Sims, but you know whatever. I mean, <laughs> he's fine, maybe. Um, yeah, it's just you encounter all these really colorful characters along the way, like people who worship an atomic bomb. This entire community of little kids. Um, there's just you know, that's what I love. Like you, you love the story. Like I can't really get into a game that doesn't have much of a story to it. But all these characters make the story that much, you know, better and fleshed out. I mean, there's an entire settlement where this of uh, slaves, you know, and you have to decide whether to save the slaves or to help the guy who runs it go out and collect more. And it's like, what do you do? I mean, yeah, you know, you kind of have a sense of what's right and wrong, but this is a completely different world than what we live in. People are just trying to survive, and sometimes you got to make really hard choices in situations like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, what's funny, and I think... I mean, I don't know if I'm just realising this now, or but I'm I'm almost certain that when each of these side quests... So, as you mentioned, we got that main... The main story where you need to find, find your dad, and, you know, you come to that decision at the end of the game where, basically, 
you're going to help him or I think you can choose to help him do nothing or help the enclave uh, like the three choices you have yeah but the entire game has all those sub stories and side quests uh these little mini uh mini storylines which I'm sure almost all of them are based around deciding on what's right and what's wrong you know so like you say there's a whole the karma system in the exactly. game exactly so so you free the slave you free the slaves or basically help get more slaves you blow up megaton or you save megaton <clears throat> uh even with um so with uh uh at the at, is it is, is it called Eden or the Garden of Eden where where the kids are? It's Garden of Eden, gar, garden, yeah. yeah uh, so there, um, so you choose there whether to uh, uh, you choose whether to uh, set free. Um, who's the dude in the tree? His name is escaping me. Um, the dude that turns into a tree. I can't believe I forgot that. But anyway, he's he's <laughs> he's he's the guy that's up there that's that's become a tree, and they worship him as the god. And so uh, you're choosing whether to basically to save him or keep him in his tree form. And <laughs> yeah, all the quest lines have that fundamental. That, that's thing. something I haven't experienced in the game. I don't think. Yeah, and it's just this constant questioning of yourself because I think most people, when they play these games, um, it, it's a case of. We all want to do the right thing. We all want to be, you know, we all have, we all want to have a bit of an edge to ourselves. And sometimes we want to, you know, we want to steal or we want to, you know, we, we'll make a judgment call on, oh, it's fine to just steal this box of sugar bombs because they don't really <laughs> need that. But when it comes to like murdering someone, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. And you could, it depends how you treat the game because you can just see it as a game and be like, I'm just going to go insane and have fun and just push the game to limits and just, you know, if you you could do people do kill everything runs and stuff yeah. like that, and okay, that's like a fun silly way. But if you're more investing in the story, you can get so caught up in the right and wrong. It uh, took me a long time to get used to that. I think I mentioned this on Tamriel Adventures, but it took me a long time to murder somebody when I yeah. was playing Oblivion, and then you know, to which of course you know kept me from doing the Dark Brotherhood storyline. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, what? These people aren't real. <laughs> but, and then, exactly. of course, you know, I I uh, uh, took my anger out on somebody that had been nasty with me earlier on. Somebody that wasn't even involved in any storyline. <laughs> I'm just like, what? This person looked at me the wrong way. I'm going to go kill them while they're sleeping. And I will, even if I think, okay, I'm going to do a car. I'm going to have like an evil playthrough with a character even when i do that i'm still like i would still be evil but there was there were up to a point like i i play more like a like a like a renegade or a vigilante rather than yeah. someone who's just a psych yeah. yeah or a psychopath you know what i mean um yeah. i can so, never do the legion storyline no 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 it's and you just because it just it does make you feel dirty and just kind of it's like no this is wrong this is bad and you can you could do it for fun just to see how it plays out you know sometimes with these games you do want to there might be an achievement you want to get or you just want to see the quest line so you reluctantly make the most evil decision just to see where it goes and i get that yeah. but when you're in, when you're really invested yeah it, it is about the right and wrong and i'm always trying to do the right thing even when i have a character that i think i'm a badass i you know i break them <laughs> i steal and i kill like you know but i still hate I will still 
not kill the innocent people that I feel are truly innocent and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's like just, the Punisher, where like he yeah. won't kill anybody that's not guilty. Just yeah. if he does have to shoot them, he'll use like rubber bullets or something. Yeah. But, so, uh, so yeah. So plot and story wise, like I say, it always comes back to that. Um, you know, I like, I enjoy the main story. I, I think the, <clears throat> you know, it's is very straightforward and kind of simple because the game is so complex around that. Um, so that main quest line and that main story, there's there's so much around it, as we've said. Yeah. So it can't get too complex because otherwise it's just going to become like incomprehensible and hard to follow. So I mean, no organization in any of these games is completely like good or evil. Like the, each no. one, each group has their flaws, and each group has their fan base. I, it still kind of amazes me to this day that we come across so many people who are enclave loyalists yeah you know and like like really why <laughs> well you know and they yeah. have the reasons and it makes sense i mean we recently did an episode on the enclave and we had i mean i've talked to quite a few people who just absolutely love the the enclave yeah and um i've been playing fallout 4 um because of the uh friends of the show the fallout feed their round table that they've got going on i never thought that i'd play institute and, but this character has me playing Institute, and you know, you do kind of find a way to justify it in a yeah. way. It, I mean, it may make sense or may not, but I mean, they people do have their reasons for following these organizations, whether we think of them as good or bad. Yes. So, which did... is what's great, you know. I mean, it it's what keeps these stories going. Yeah, and and as I say, like we said at the start, there's just there's so much more in these games to do. And, and I say in these games, we're talking about all of them, but f even f with just Fallout 3, there's, there is stuff that I've still not done and there are stories that I've still not uncovered. I know there's not because there's just, even if it's just a small little side quest. So, yeah, Harry. when it comes... Yeah. <laughs> and I have done that one. I haven't. I, I need yeah. to find that vault. <laughs> and just purely by accident. And that's that's how these games work. You know, you can look up online and find where stuff is if you want. But there is, you can just pick a direction, start walking in that direction, and you will come across something. And, you know, um, you know, there's story hidden behind. You might just find, you'll find a dead body or somebody's skeleton with a journal next to it. And yes. so that there's things around and you, you can kind of see what's happened here. And, you know, that we... There's so much story hidden in those journals and the terminals, stuff that I don't read all of that. Like I read, <laughs> I read a bunch of it and I read the stuff that I have to. But if you if you wanted, you could just go and you could just spend hours reading these stories and and finding out more about characters that you've never even met, that you don't meet in the game. You know, they're just and a lot of those terminals are like pre-war. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. And the my favorite ones are. Uh, there's quite a few um, in Fallout 76 in particular because of uh, when it's set. Uh, a lot of the terminal, <clears throat> a lot of the terminals have stories of like the bombs dropping or stuff basically mm -hmm. going to shit, and you're you're seeing the people realize you're reading about them realizing what's happening, and then you know how they're dealing with it straight after. And that stuff is, you know, it's it's quite it's yeah, it's quite it's quite dark to read. It's quite unsettling to read when. You know, because we spoke about this 
way back in the first episode how I think the reason <clears throat> for me that it all resonates with me is because you know this stuff could happen like mm-hmm. you know, nuclear war is something that we came extremely close to like not that long ago and it's sort of always that 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 thing this sort of cloud up there that's like yeah that could happen you know I really hope it doesn't and it's you know it's kind of unlikely there's you kind of like to think that there's things in place that are gonna stop something like this from ever happening but when you read the stuff in this game it's like it just sounds like normal people you know there's no um as much as I love fantasy it's 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 further removed from fantasy and more closer to sci-fi which has that kind of based in reality yeah story um, I mean, not that long ago, a lot of us remember 9-11. I mean, exactly. that could have gotten a lot worse than it was. Yeah, yeah. And this this idea of society falling apart. And w- to be honest, the past year, you just think about how things, <laughs> Yeah. you know, what it shows you kind of how close we are to everything falling apart. And all it takes is one thing and, yeah. Everybody is, you know, there's people that are close to the breadline. There's, <clears throat> there's whole systems that rely on things just staying the way they are. <laughs> right. And if a bomb, if the bombs were to drop, you know, yeah, that's that looks like an extremely different world. And I don't just mean, you know, because there's fewer trees and stuff like that. It's just extremely different for all of us, and and how we would accept that shift people aren't people can't accept the shift that we're having now you see it there's a lot of people that have find it very hard to deal with changes that they need to make um, i need to wear a piece of cloth over my face what yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> people are not happy and and it's that's what happens when you upset the equilibrium and and yeah so long way to a short point when i read some of those terminals you see you 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 hear that fear and that confusion in, in these characters as they're writing these notes and stuff that's happening. Um, so yeah, if you've not, for those of you that have not spent time reading the terminals, I encourage, try to do it a little bit more because, you know, for a start, they put a lot of effort into writing these stories and it's a shame that <clears throat> some of it just never gets uh, <laughs> read. It just adds a lot more color to the story. It really um, does. And overall. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, a lot of these terminal entries were done pre-war so you can just kind of it you'll there'll actually be dates leading up to the great war date yeah. and you are in uh fallout 76 <laughs> uh the episode that we did on uh west tech or the fev virus yeah a lot of those were before and after the bombs dropping like you can actually read this guy's reaction to the great war yeah it's really interesting yeah yeah that's there's a lot of it in fallout 76 um and uh, you know one of the criticisms that game had was that so much of the story is embedded in in holotapes and terminals. But if you put the time in, there are rewards in terms of story. You know, there's a lot to get out of it. So I do encourage people to um, uh, to spend time doing that if if you haven't. Um, you sort of mentioned a few of the characters already, but characters are on a sort of wider scale. Is there any others that stick out to you? You know, we've obviously got James, Three Dog. Uh, Madison yeah. Lee, Tenpenny, and then obviously John Henry Eden. Um, but yeah, is it, do you have any thoughts on the characters? Yeah. You know, ones you'd really dislike or like? Um, well, there's also Doctor Braun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a big one. Uh, I mean, this was the first fog. Well, no, I think Fallout 
I mean, Fallout did have companions throughout the entire series, but I don't know if they were quite as fleshed out as they are in Fallout 3. No. Um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's an entire underground city of ghouls in Fallout 3, yep. and you can get a ghoul companion there named Charon. Um, I think the first time I ever had dog meat, I sent him out to get supplies and he died. Um, that's a that's a big problem with Fallout 3 is that your companions can get killed very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, John Henry Eden, Malcolm McDowell, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, there's uh, Fox, the super mutant. You can actually have his companion. Uh, Moira Brown, of course. I mentioned her earlier. <laughs> Seeing her ghoulified was very shocking <laughs> <laughs> so did you um, only do that recently uh for the first uh, time no well it wasn't recently i started a new playthrough since then but okay yeah i just wanted to see what it was like because it was something i hadn't done before yeah um i mean having that 10 penny suite was really nice compared <laughs> to that shack in megaton <laughs> well the, the megaton one's the one i've done the most the, um, um, the little lamplight, yeah, you can see McCready as a foul-mouthed little kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is he uh, the only returning? Doctor Lee is actually in the incident. Oh yeah, Doctor Lee's in Fallout Four. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, um, you know, there are a lot. As you, there's a lot of characters in there that you know we, we have those main characters, but like you say, you can just discover these new places, and there's so many other characters in there, and. Uh, stories to find and companions to me and just kind of fun exchanges to have um i think for me um fallout 3 is just it is complete it is synonymous with three dog i know a lot of people find him annoying um because <laughs> but you know i get it I I get, dog. he's yeah. so much better than the guy in fallout 4 yeah and <laughs> i i think he bring three dog brings so much um, I remember when I first played, you know, you hear him on the radio and, but then you actually, you actually get to meet him. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow, it's this guy on the radio. Like he connects with you straight away, um, on the radio and, you know, you hear him and he obviously references your character and things that you do, uh, as you do them. But when I, you know, there are all these characters and we cut, there's no point spending time going into all of them. I'm sure we'll do episodes on character on a lot of these characters in the future. But for me, it's just so synonymous with three dog you know and if you say fallout three to me i will just think of his voice straight away and uh it's crazy that voice actor also voices a guy in uh skyrim he's one of the dark brotherhood guys right yeah yeah it's completely different there. <laughs> he has um he just has this sort of uh this this fun way about him where he's the kind of guy that if he that in a normal world he, he's kind of looked upon as like crazy and you know or a conspiracy theorist or something right. like that but in a post-apocalyptic world you know that's that's where he belongs really he's one of the first people that will actually tell you about the whole conspiracy with the enclave but um yeah there um yeah there's a lot to go through and as i say we're, de we're definitely going to do episodes on some of these in the future but um i just thought it was important important yeah. for me to point out like i definitely connect with three dog a lot uh he is he is the icon of Fallout 3 for me. You know, because when you think of yourself and the player character, it's 
uh, it's irrelevant because, I mean, in Fallout 3, you don't even have a voice. Um, and then in Fallout 4, yeah. they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're quite dull. And that's no, no kind of, I'm not trying to knock the voice actors. The voice actors are fine. It's just as a character, I think, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure they, I'm not sure they got across what uh, uh, they wanted to, you know, your son is missing and all this. It just feels like uh, I couldn't connect with that, with the player, with the main player character in Fallout 3 as much as I can. Uh, sorry, in Fallout 4 as much as I can in Fallout 3, weirdly. I heard it's different if you have a female character, like the voice actors got a little bit more feeling uh, right. into it. In Fallout 3. Uh, in Fallout 4, like if you play a female character that Courtney Taylor, I guess, does a better job of portraying all like emotion and all that. Yeah, I've done, I've maybe had like four characters on Fallout 3 and only one of them was the male character. So I would say I definitely prefer the female character. I usually do that. I've said before, um, my when when I play RPGs, I usually make a female character. I'm not even sure why. It just feels like it feels a bit more when it comes to like escapism and stuff like that with playing <laughs> video games. Like it's, I know I I know it's not me in the game. You know when I make right. this character, I'm not trying to make. The only time I've tried to make me in games is maybe like the Tony Hawk's games. I'm like, hey, I'll make <laughs> me. I'm an awesome skateboarder. <laughs> but like Fallout and Skyrim, like I'm not making me. I'm making. A, a character I'd, i'm making it i know i'm making a character so yeah, yeah. My, my yeah i usually try to make them a, an extension of myself yeah so and as, i guess they are an extension <clears throat> in the way that as i said earlier you know i i, I the decisions i make are deci decisions i i believe i would make in that situation you know and like i say i try not to be an asshole i try to <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> do what's intentionally right. most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> there's people listening going, "Hey, you do try to be an asshole sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it, um, but yeah, yeah. So the you know when it comes to the main player character, there's not too much to say because they're a silent character in Fallout Three. Um, but there's definitely lots of um, lots of interesting folks in there to find, and as as we keep mentioning, some that I probably still not come across yet. So. The way they like design these games, I heard it in an interview. I think particularly about Oblivion, but I think it uh, it's relevant to Fallout also. Well, people are like, what do you do in these games? I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, and then even with and once we get into like Skyrim and Fallout Four, you can even build your own house. So it's you can just spend a lot of time doing that. So which I think Skyrim was the first one to do that. And Oblivion and Morrowind and Fallout Three, you go buy houses. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually kind of segues nicely into what I've got next, which is general gameplay thoughts. So, you know, what at the time, how did you feel? And then I guess in retrospect now to uh, your feelings on it, you know, the combat, that the the character leveling system, the dialogue, any any quest highlights or anything. But gameplay in general, uh, when it comes to Fallout 3, uh, what do you think? Well, dialogue options are always entertaining because you can either be really polite or really sarcastic and mean. Um Gameplay, like, like combat's quite a bit different than what I was used to. I was coming from, like, Oblivion to going from, like, close combat to ranged combat was a little bit different. But eventually, you kind of get the hang of it. Um, vats aren't a thing in, Obl in Elder Scrolls games, um, which Vats was really <clears throat> helpful <laughs> to get used to aiming because even if you're not using it to actually fire you can just back out and, oh i'm automatically aimed at them so yeah. there you so, go 
do you think, and I've not done much reading about this, but when it comes to like combat and shooting in Fallout 3, because it is a little bit janky, do you think the VATS was just implemented, implemented because it is a bit funky to control and they're like, we need to... <laughs> because if you don't use VATS, in, even in... Seven, it's not as bad in 76, but if you just think about Fallout 3, if you play through that game without using VATS, you're going to waste a lot of ammo and you're going to really yeah. struggle to hit. So Funny I wonder... Enough, I don't even use VATS in 76 all that much. I do, but not a ton. I feel like... Maybe it's because I've got a Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah. And it depends <laughs> what weapon you're using. Um, you know, I use... I, have, I mainly use a shotgun in 76, so it does come in handy. But there are times when it just doesn't work you know because of the yeah. way that the online game is but with fallout 3 yeah i you you can you can shoot the gunplay is it's perfectly playable but i do feel like that's was their answer to because bethesda's those games that game engine is unique we all know it is it's uh for better yeah, for <laughs> for better or worse you know they stuck to this and from what I understand, we've got new game engine coming forward for future games, which would be cool yeah. to see. But the these games are unlike any other. Um, and I think uh, they were like, we really need a way for these guns to actually hit their mark <laughs> <It> <laughs> in this be, engine. I w the quest I was doing a couple of days ago was the one where Moira Brown sends you to get a landmine. Yeah. So, you know, of course, there's landmines all over that entire town. And I'm trying to use my gun to hit these things before I walk up to them, and it just wasn't working all that yeah. well. I'd hit one, one once every, like, ten shots or something. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Do I want to try creeping up to it and having my leg blown off? And then, of course, I did the one after that where she sends you to go whack these mole rats with a stick, which, of course, in turn blows their heads off. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I couldn't find enough in the area where I was in, so I had to go down into the, the subway tunnel. And, of course, there's landmines there, which are harder to see yeah. because there's not as much light. So, yeah, I mean, the targeting system, it, that could be. I think, although I think you can actually use VATS on landmines now. I don't know if you could follow through. I wasn't trying. But, That's a good question. Uh, I, I feel like, <clears throat> I know you definitely can in full, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you definitely can in four um, and in seventy six uh, because I remember if, uh, in four and seventy six I will just sporadically hit the VATS button to see where the enemy is and it will yeah. find the mines. But yeah, Fallout three—that's a good question. I should say to people listening, I so I mentioned to Eric before we started that maybe I should have gone back and replayed Fallout three before <laughs> this, <laughs> but I didn't. I played it a ton, like. Honestly, and I, I played it as recently as this year. I played it earlier in the year. Um, so, uh, you know, I like to think I'm fairly familiar with it. But when it comes to the gameplay side of things, um, it's obviously fine because I still play it to this day. Like, people yeah. are, can be very critical of, of that engine, as I say. But once you get used to it, um, it's fine. And you you find the weapon that works for you and you find the gameplay style that works for you. Uh, Fallout 3, as with the other Fallout games, obviously you can have melee weapons and you can do close combat like the Elder Scrolls games, but it does feel like it is it is more built. It's mostly built for ranged weapons and gunplay, though there are so many brilliant 
uh, melee weapons, particularly in yeah. you know, the more recent games. Shish kebab. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love building the shish kebab in Fallout yeah. 3. The, um, there's not much in the way of, um, you know, the, the crafting side. You know, you do repairs in Fallout 3, but the crafting stuff came later. Um, yeah, you can't build your own house yet. You just buy a house. Uh, no, like I said, though, you can't build the shish kebab. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's basically. But you can't you can't build. You know, like in the, the new games, you basically build any kind like of modified build. weapon you yeah. want, uh, yeah. or a settlement. Yeah, but um, Fallout Three is more limited. Good though, because you can actually use some of the junk that's just laying around. Like, what else are you going to use a handle brake? You know, or like a motorcycle brake and uh, gas tank for? Yeah, <laughs> along with a lawnmower blade. Yeah, the um. I mean, dialogue-wise, it's fun. There's a lot to choose from. You know, there's sometimes... I, I think Fallout 3, actually, it its dialogue system was... Uh, it was more representative of the stuff you said because your character didn't actually speak. Yeah. You would choose what to say, and that's what you said. Whereas in Fallout 4, you choose what to say, and then they just say something that was, like, almost completely different. And you're like, hey, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to say that, like, which was kind I of odd. And I know that people have modded the game to have the exact dialogue options on the screen now, <laughs> which is better. Um, but in Fallout just, 3, it's, it's fine. I just couldn't believe you could tell people to straight up go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can actually tell this guy that when he was, like, trying to interrogate you. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> um, obviously, uh, it's got, you know, the character leveling, you've got the special system, and then you get to pick a perk ev with every... I think it's every it's every level, every two levels or something like that. But you get to pick a perk, and depending on whether you're playing as male or female, you have different per uh, different perks to choose from. Um, but yeah, it's in retrospect, I suppose it's it is good because, as I say, I'm still playing to this day. It's not it it <clears throat> it hasn't it doesn't feel like it's aged badly because Fallout Four and uh, and Skyrim and Fallout Seventy Six all play very similarly to it they so, do update things a little bit but the, yeah. the ground works there yeah uh, we should also mention the uh, landscape like the scenery yeah um there's a, a documentary out there on youtube from these people called no clip mm -hmm. where um it's an actual like in-depth interview of the history of bethesda and when they start talking about like fallout 3 they actually go to these places and take pictures and use those pictures when they're building the world. Um, yeah. So they, they talk about how um, <laughs> this, this was uh, not too, just a few years after nine 11. So of course, you know, the, the security is on still on high alert to an extent. So, you know, they were whipping their cameras out and guards over and were like, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Just taking pictures. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to use these pictures to blow the place up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mentioned this in the first episode where, like, I went to D.C. for the first time after playing this game. So I was kind of joking around with my wife. It's like, okay, we just exited this building. We turn right and go down the road. There's, you know, another part of the Smithsonian. And then we keep going this way, and there's the Lincoln Memorial. And she just looks at me. She's like, shut up. You've never been here. Yes, I have. I've been here in Fallout 3, and yeah, the landscape is pretty much the same. I mean, yeah, they do kind of change a little bit. They, you know, uh, shrink it down a little bit. So, I mean, the scale's not entirely accurate, but 
you know the you know the main like if you go down to like downtown dc it kind of is like step for step what it is in the game you know in real life so yeah i, I remember that's another thing that i specifically remember the first time playing it because you can see the washington monument from really far away and it's like is that what i think it is and then you can actually go there and it's like what like because obviously i've never been there in real life but i've seen these places and <laughs> i didn't even know you can go up in the washington monument until i yeah. played that game yeah <laughs> until yeah. i played three <laughs> yeah and then uh yeah and they've just, and they've got these buildings obviously that are ba- uh, buildings that are there in real life and as you say the scale is scaled down but they you know they have to do that um i'm sure one day 30 years in the future we're going to be having games that are to scale um but uh that i really enjoyed that um again because it's relatable it's feels real these are places that exist um and that you can go to and there's something quite unnerving and unsettling about seeing monuments uh disheveled and collapsing yeah, like lincoln and memorial his head's cut off yeah yeah yeah, Which yeah. I've seen that. I've been like I've touched the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they did a really good, a really great job at that. And it's the same with Fallout 4 and 76. You know, they've they've made places that are there in real life. And uh, the White Springs stuff is really cool for 76, just to go back to that again, because I think um, you know, it, it, more even more recently I've seen in the community people going to visit these places and, yeah. and just pointing out exact spots that are recreated in the game and how well it's done. So yeah. yeah Sullivan, it, uh, one of our listeners, Sullivan, uh, his wife was there not too long ago and he was posting pictures on discord. So I was, yeah, yeah I was like, wow, it really does have that carpet. <laughs> <laughs> the um, location wise, you know, so that's all cool, but the um, more broader, look and aesthetic of the game uh is actually something that people do criticize a lot about fallout 3 because there there are areas of the game which are very samey i mean you know this game came out in 2008 uh at the time the scope did feel really big and obviously there's only certain stuff they can do um uh, with the power that they have and all that but you know it has the generally it has that same greeny you know greeny orangey beigey look to every you know everything is basked in that and when you first uh, get out into the wasteland you know that's what it feels like it feels very post-apocalyptic but there can be times where i think this is why the eden place works so well because you go there and it's there's trees and it's lush and it feels a bit more saturated and you wouldn't it's even a, know that that's there unless three dog like you or if you weren't listening to three dog yeah and uh yeah but so that it's it's quite it is quite same you know as i said i've heard people criticize the game or, so, or not necessarily criticize but just say like oh yeah it's just it's so it can be a bit bland to look at but i don't know what your feeling is generally on how the game looks uh in that sense i just don't know what you would expect after something like a nuclear war but now i one one of the first time like points where i when i first played this game one thing that like it kind of amazed me was that shot when you're first getting out of the vault and then the sunlight hits you in the eyes and then everything kind of comes into focus and you're like wow you know i I mean yeah it can be a little depressing to look (laughs) at at times but at the same time you know 
you know, like I said, it, it is just interesting going around and seeing what these places look like after a nuclear war. Yeah. Like just going around and seeing the Washington Monument with like pieces of it taken out. And like I said, the Lincoln Memorial with its head chopped off, kind of like, you know, uh, Jebediah Springfield from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I mean, I think that kind of, in a way, makes it just as interesting if not more interesting to look at just seeing these real life places destroyed you know i mean yeah it's not as colorful as say kingdoms of amalur but you know at the same time i like i said i think that does kind of make it just as interesting if not more interesting to run around and see things because there is a real world um quality to it i'm failing on no i know i know what you mean and i wonder if um because i don't mind it like i say but i completely get what you're saying and i wonder if that's a case of they when a somebody tries really hard to create something uh sometimes uh sometimes being so close to real can uh, uh is not always the best way to go because um because it is a game at the end of the day and you know yeah. you want people to to be to have something nice to look at um and which i think is clear why with fallout 4 in contrast is just so much more colorful and you know different it's in terms of its palette and um and variation so with fallout 3 it's it's ve- it does so well to give off that depressing post-apocalyptic you know uh it it's a dark, it's dark world out there, if you like. Um, not d- literally dark, but dark as in, you know, there are some bad things out there. It's, you're not supposed to feel happy. Uh, it, it puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, so visually, it, it, does, it does kind of invoke that. And through, uh, I guess in that sense, it's a success. But maybe <laughs> some people don't realize that, you know, this is why the game feels so good. It's because of choices like that, that, that it's... If if these bombs had dropped, this is what it's going to look like. You're not. It's not going to be yeah. like pretty colors everywhere, and all this kind of. It is going to be rubble, and you know. Um, but yeah. So aesthetically, for me, it's you know, like I say, it's fine. I do enjoy when there are variations, like Ten Penny Tower is another good example. You know, everything's so clean and nice in there. Yeah. Um, River City as well is a nice big contrast to the rest of the map. So there are the there are these places within the game that do give you that variation. I just uh, yeah, you just gotta uh, you just gotta go out and find them. So um, so we can't really uh, talk about Fallout Three without talking about the music. Um, oh yes, the music is it's funny because this game obviously you have this the game soundtrack uh you know it's it's score sorry which is you know one thing but then you have the soundtrack you have the radio stations and you have the songs on there as well um what was your reaction to the i don't know you know what kind of music you like in real life <laughs> but when you played this game you know the the music is such an integral part of uh you know making you aware of the setting and the style and you know the that that just before pre-war oh. era and stuff and so the genres that are in there but what's your opinion on the music we don't you can talk about the score if you want but i'm thinking more particularly the soundtrack well, which is a big part of these games the score wasn't even something that i listened to initially 
I mean, why would I when you have the option of listening to a radio? But uh, playing it on stream has given me more of an appreciation for it um, because you're not you can't play licensed songs on uh, Twitch. Yeah. But I mean, other I mean, the score was usually just a way to indicate when enemies were nearby. Yeah. Um, now this the soundtrack like the the radio. It's not something I would have gone out of my way to listen to, but hearing it has given me much more appreciation for that. Like, I've, I've grown to love it. Um, it's something my grandparents would have listened to, and I'm, I probably have heard them listen to in the past. Um, you know, people like the Andrews Sisters, uh, Cole Porter, which Cole Porter actually was from my home state, by the way. Um, and of course, he didn't yeah. stay here for long once he became famous. But, um, yeah, I love that song civilization with danny k and the andrew sisters that's such a great song yeah um so yeah it's not what i would have gone out of my way to listen to but now that i have listened to it i will listen to these soundtracks on amazon music so um and it's it it's such a fitting soundtrack too because i mean fallout's all like retro futuristic 50s you know what the future would look like in the 50s or what people imagined it would look like i mean complete with little green men and you know non-gasoline using cars and things like that um so it does kind of fit that style of the game so um I mean, and even back as far as like Fallout One, Fallout One opens up with the ink spots, maybe, mm. and then Fallout Two opens up with Louis Armstrong. Um, I got Fallout seventy six on Steam, and when you pre ordered Fallout seventy six on Steam, they gave you Fallout One, Two, and Tactics for free. Oh, nice! They're hard to get into. Um, I've I, I've gotten into the older Elder Scrolls games more than I have the original Fallout games. But um, I mean, they're they're they are enjoyable in that sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's just kind of what my feeling on it is. Uh, it just it fits, and playing these games have given me such an appreciation for that era of music. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's when I first played Fallout Three, like I had no idea what the soundtrack was going to be like. I as I said, I'd heard of Fallout 1 and 2. I'd never played them. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know about that style that was ingrained in it. Um, and uh, j- just outside, of, you know, just the general design, but the music as well and that, that genre and those types of songs. So when you first hear, uh, I don't want to set the world on fire, it's like that grabs your attention because, again, it's such, you're just not used to hearing that sort of music in video games. And they, it's now become such an iconic part of the series. Um, and playing the get, listening to those songs is one of the best parts of playing the game. You know, even though it is like the same, uh, it can be, it is the same rotation of songs. It doesn't matter. I just think they're all so good that you can enjoy them. And I 100% like, uh, like you gain so much appreciation for that era of music and i listen i listen to that music off of stream like if you go to spotify you can just type in you can listen to the actual soundtracks but if you just type in fallout 
somebody will have made a playlist of like 400 songs uh, which are, aren't even in the yeah. game but are the same style and same genre and you can play that on shuffle and there's so much good stuff in there and it's you know great for a sunday afternoon or something like that and you know um it helps that my uh i think uh that music actually makes it easier on my wife uh with how much i play those games because she enjoys yeah. the music too so <laughs> well and it kind of helps lift the mood a little bit when you're say walking around in this school and see the skeletons of little children yeah. it does kind of help you know ease the tension a little bit yeah with all of that going on yeah um yeah the uh i, I remember when so 76 or four no so there because there's a few songs in 76 like 76's soundtrack didn't feel like it had they didn't they put as much effort into it as the previous ones because there was so many songs that were reused from fallout 4 yeah um, which was a shame um but fallout 3 is yeah there's uh there's just they're all they're unskippable songs really like i say you can just leave that radio station on and every song is good and then Fallout 4 is the same, the soundtrack is great, um, and then 76 just didn't make as many new additions, but there, there are some in there, but I'm, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the soundtrack. Um, like you, the score for Fallout 3, it's kind of very incidental, um, it's, you know, I, the score to Fallout 4 is more impactful to me, I think that's really, really good, you know, it's particularly that main theme, and uh, even 76, the score is great, I can leave the radio off when playing 76 and enjoy the score quite a lot. Um, I think the New Vegas theme is the one I remember the most. Yeah. Like when you know, get to the or the login screen or whatever. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a New Vegas episode, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, music is, yeah, just a big thumbs up from me. Like it's, it, it's put these, this genre of mu music into the rotation of my listening of music outside of playing games. And so that's quite a powerful thing. And yeah, I guess kudos to Bethesda for, for realizing uh, that it's such a match made in heaven to go with this game because you'd never think of it really, but it also makes perfect sense to have these songs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's song. like this so much with three, but starting with like new Vegas and four they'll have, and, particularly 76 they'll have songs that do have to do with the location of the game a little bit more i mean yeah with fallout 3 they've got the enclave radio which is all like patriotic music yeah. but i don't think the songs themselves in this in the uh, gnr radio have to do with the location as much no but it, i do like that they eventually did kind of make an effort to do that like and it's like i said particularly with 76 you'll have songs that are specifically about west virginia yeah it's almost seven <laughs> cool i mean you know as far as my notes and structure goes that's basically it i've i've there was i've got a little thing here about dlc um but i'm not gonna get into that right now there was dlc for fallout 3 uh quite a lot of it actually yeah um, and it's definitely <clears throat> worth i think us covering that separately uh because i need to uh there are ones that i've not finished and i do need to finish that so we can maybe go into that another time but i haven't done broken seal or point lookout yeah but i suppose um with all that in mind i mean is there kind of do you have any sort of final thoughts on fallout where 
where does it rank in the series for you? You know, what what are some of its pros and cons? What do you what's your overall feeling about it before we wrap up here? Um, it, it is. I mean, it, it's definitely up there. Um, it is nice to see how the series has progressed since then. Um, but I think for its its time, it was about as as good as you can get, really. Um, like like you said, I still play it to this day. Um, I not just for the show. I did play it a little bit before we even started this show. Um, once I got my Xbox, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's definitely a game that I need to have for it. Yeah. And at first, I was like, when I first got my Xbox, I was like, why would I buy games that I've already got? But I'm like, okay, but I can't really stream them on my PC. So, yeah, um, yeah I definitely made an effort to get uh, both three and New Vegas for, well, and four, I guess I should, any Fallout and Elder Scrolls I can get my hands on, even though I already have it. Yeah. Um, and if the game weren't, any good why would i go out of my way to buy a game that i've already got um but i do like i said i do think it's nice to see how the series has progressed since then um you can actually sprint in later <laughs> versions of the game um so yeah i mean big big thumbs up for me yeah that's cool i think i'd feel the same it's it definitely ranks high. Now, it does. We didn't talk much about the bugs. We touched on them a little bit, but <laughs> there are. I know there's lots of people. Well, I, I see often an opinion in the Fallout fan community that Fallout Three it's not one of people's favorites, um, and it can be clunky to play. Uh, it does have bugs. It has some issues here and there. It feels maybe when it released it felt maybe a slight step behind than some of the other games that were out of time but i think it makes up for so much of its flaws i don't even want to call them flaws i, I guess so much of it people's criticisms criticisms for me are, are kind of counteracted by the fact it has so much else to offer in terms of scope and story and character leveling and quests and music and just the experience that i'm still having from it to this day that um, it just that just can't be ignored, and so for me, it does rank really highly. It's I've said before that I, I think I think New Vegas is my favorite Fallout game, um, but this is right there alongside it. Um, if only you can duplicate things like you can in Oblivion. Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> and so I'm. Yeah, it's it's become. It, became, it was my gateway into the franchise. It's a game I still play to this day. It's one that I think um, if you are, if you ha for some reason you're listening to this and you haven't played it, like which some people may well have not may well not have because it is it's from an older generation of consoles and there's people that still haven't uh, checked those out. And particularly if you're on PlayStation, it might be more difficult for you uh, to be able to check it out these days. Um, but if you have a way to play it and you haven't, definitely go check it out because this um, this game it's it 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 just gives off so much. Um, just going back to how it's kind of relatable to the story is and how this is the kind of stuff that could happen in real life. The themes that it has for me are 
and everyone has their different tastes and opinions. But for me, this this game is actually it's really it's really fucking scary. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's it's got a lot going. It's it's cl- it push walking the line of being a, ho- a horror game because there's so much d- uh, dark and sort of unsettling stuff in there. But then there's so much dark humor in there as well. There's so much fun stuff and the characters yeah, even, and even coming across a, something like a ghoul that's one of the most common enemies. You have one jump out of you in, the, in a subway tunnel. Just you're just walking along minding your own business, business and all of a sudden. Ah! i actually think the ghouls in this game are are better than the ghouls in the later games as well they they feel a bit more like in fallout 4 and 76 they just feel a bit life lifeless is maybe the wrong word and one perk with playing fallout 3 compared to fallout 4 ghouls don't give off rads yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah for me it just it does rank really high it's not it's it's the Fallout game that I've played the most by far, um, but it's not necessarily my favorite Fallout game. But it's definitely in the top three. Um, if you know, if we're gonna rank, and my sort of rank, my 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 top. It's, how do you rank these? Because each game is like it, it's the story is completely different. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it's just a matter of which story you connect with more. And like like you said earlier. This one, you kind of connect with the character a little bit more than the others because, well, maybe maybe not so much with four because there's still that family aspect. But, you know, you, you do kind of know a little bit of your backstory with it was with, I think, Fallout 3 more than Fallout 4. And, yeah, it's just I, it, compared to like New Vegas, you know, where you don't even really know who you are. Yeah, that's a really that's actually a really good point because as I said, New Vegas is New Vegas is like my favorite in terms of play of gameplay and playing, but then maybe when it comes to story, I do prefer Fallout 3. So it's yeah, ranking systems are weird, like you know, it's it, it always changes with me, uh, but if somebody says oh you have to pick, then yeah, it's it's in my top 3. Fallout 3 is up there. It's maybe tied tied with favorite, I think. Um so yeah, I absolutely love it. I still play it to this day. Uh, just doing this kind of retrospective look makes me want to play it again. And uh, <laughs> no, I didn't play it before this, and maybe I should have to refresh my memory. But um, uh, yeah, that's what that's what you're here for today. You did you played it, so <laughs> um, I did a couple of Moira Brown's quests. Yeah. So, but I'm definitely going to revisit it again soon. And uh, yeah, uh, that's it, really. Um, I think uh, we're gonna. When we move move forward, we're definitely going to do more of these. We're going to take a look at New Vegas, take a look at Fallout Four. I've not played the PC version, the Fallout One and Two. I presume it's quite easy for me to play them. I'm sure I can. Uh, They're quite a bit different. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of just getting you know getting hold of it, I'm sure there's a way for me to get because I I don't they know if you Steam. purchase them anywhere, yeah. um, but. Um, uh, yeah, that's something I need to do uh, because I've uh, I've never played them, and it would be cool, I think, for me to experience them for the first time for the podcast, and then we can talk about them as well. Um, yeah. So, anything else from you, Eric, before we wrap up? Mm, not really. Other shows, uh, maybe you've got going <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, as always, I've got uh, Tamriel Adventures going on. I'm just about to wrap up on the Tribunal, and then I'm going to be covering the Daedra. Uh, Nintendo, we're going through the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, we just did an episode on Majora's Mask. Um, 
then yeah there's this show and um if you want to check out or if you want to hear about my fallout 4 gameplay check out uh friends of the show the fallout feed definitely and uh yeah that's really about it so um yeah with nintendo we're gonna start doing some episodes outside the just the game series which i'm looking forward to kind of a, a retrospective on like different consoles and things like that yeah well i mean uh for me obviously there's this show um those who follow me on twitter will see that i also do stuff with first aid spray who are resident evil i think this is the third time i've mentioned resident evil today so that's <laughs> uh, yeah they're a resident evil podcast and um kind of a content community that i contribute to so yeah you can follow me on twitter at k underscore d underscore b underscore and you can follow you on twitter at e what, what is it eric from my me en gold zero eight yeah and gold zero eight so go follow us on twitter and uh we're always sharing links to other podcasts and other things we do um but yeah thanks for listening today everyone i hope you've enjoyed it um this was a a bit of a pilot episode as i said for doing these retrospectives but i'm certainly uh, looking forward to doing more of them again soon